Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Welcome to Breaking Bones on a Sunday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you just got up, you're just brewing the coffee, we've got you for the next half hour. We talk sports injuries on a Sunday morning. And, man, we've been through some rain, some cold weather. It's still cold out there. I'm Joe C. from XL Primetime. You can catch me noon to three weekdays with the fellas as we bat around everything going on in the world of sports. And my man, Dr. George Bari. I like to call him Geo from time to time. Doc, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great, and look, if I call you Geo, it's just out of pure, uh, just dude affection. Are you, are you okay with that? <laughs> That's fine. Okay, I, I knew you'd have to be okay with that because I, you know, I I, I control the microphone, so I can I can call you whatever I want. At least I'm at least I'm saying something nice. Now I can say a lot of nice things about Doctor Bari because he is the man when it comes to Bari Orthopedics, and he's the only orthopedic surgeon here in the city of Jacksonville that trained under James Andrews, the renowned surgeon. So we got stuff to get into. We're going to talk sports injuries. If you have a sports injury question, joint pain, whatever it might be, just hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 and let us know a question that you got, and we'll try and throw it at Doc uh, as we go along today. But we also try and mix in a handful of other things. But at at the very uh, jump for the show, Doc, I want to bring up a guy that can bring us to a guy here locally. Are you okay with that? Are you good with that? Yeah. So I'm going to go Cam Akers on you, and this is a subject that we both have talked about a bunch, but it's definitely top of mind with the postseason, seeing what Cam Akers has been able to do. He's come back from an Achilles tendon rupture in July, and here we are in January, six months removed, and he just he looks cat quick. He looks strong. Uh, we looked at some of the rehab that he was doing. It was incredible. And the reason I bring it up is because we've had listeners text us asking about his surgery, his surgeon, and how it all maybe means a lot of positive things for James Robinson, who also had to have surgery to repair an Achilles. Yeah, so he actually, Akers looks great. And, you know, when we saw him play last week, he looked amazing. Um, And I was very shocked on how he did, to be honest. And it almost looked like he never had surgery. Now, I know people want to extrapolate that and say, well, that's good for us, right? Robinson is going to do the same thing. And, you know, I I guess it's a good sign, but everyone is different. You can have the same surgeon operate on two different people, and you're going to have two people just react differently to the surgery and come back differently. So I don't know who did Acre surgery. I don't know who did Robinson surgery, whether it's the same surgeon or different surgeons. But either way, I bet you these guys are getting surgeons that know what they're doing. They're not going to be a surgeon who does one Achilles a year. It's probably a surgeon who does multiple Achilles multiple times a year. So is that a good sign for us as Jaguars fans that Robinson, uh, for that Acres came back and doing so well and came back early. Remember, we talked about 11 months for an NFL player to come back. I think yeah. overall, yeah, I mean, you can say maybe it's good for us, but we just have to see how Robinson does because just because one person does one thing doesn't mean someone else is going to do the same. Yeah, you've definitely been steadfast in pointing that out. You have to do it with your patients on a regular basis. It's it's how much time they put in when it comes to rehabilitation. And it's also just based on uh, genetics, uh, just the success of the procedure. I mean, these are all kind of variables, right, that kind of play into either someone's success rate or lack of success. Yeah, you know, the biggest thing is um, 
knee replacements. For example, we get a lot of patients who do bilateral knee replacements. They get one knee and then six months later, they want the other knee done. And I always make sure to tell them, I say, listen, each knee is going to react differently. I do the surgery the same way every time, but I'll do your left knee. And then six months later, we do the right knee. And I guarantee one knee is going to give you more trouble than the other. It's going to hurt more than the other. And there's going to be no rhyme or reason for it. It's just going to be the way it is because each body part is going to react differently, even on the same person. So different people are going to react differently to the same surgery also. All right. Let me say thanks to Dell, who sent in on the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, Dr. Neil Elitros. And I think you have talked about him before. He repaired Kobe Bryant's torn Achilles, repaired Cam Akers' Achilles, and also did Joe Burrow's knee. And we bring him up because we were asking, or the question was asked, how is James Robinson going to do? So Neil Elitros, certainly a renowned surgeon. Neil Elitrosh is a very well-known surgeon. He's over there on the West Coast. Um, one of the doctors that I trained with, Dr. Steve Jordan, uh, at the Andrews Institute, when I, when I trained with Dr. Andrews, we also trained with Dr. Jordan. He was the FSU doc for 30 years. Him and Elitrosh were trained together. So he's very good friends with them, spoke very highly of him. So um, Elitrosh is very well-known. A lot of NFL guys go to him. Um, Tom Brady did his ACL with him back in the day when he tore his ACL. So you know, Akers is in good hands. <clears throat> like I said, I don't know where Robinson went, but I'm sure wherever he went, he was in good hands also. All right, let's talk about a couple of other ones that, you know, we're just trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen uh, on this NFL Divisional Sunday because th- these are high-stakes games. We know that. Uh, Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills are going to go at it. The Rams and the Buccaneers uh, are going to go at it. And we know how big these games are. Now, the Buccaneers, Doc, are a a two-and-a-half to three-point line favorite right now. And one of the main questions is they don't know exactly how healthy uh, Jensen, their center, and Wirfs, their right tackle, are going to be. Now, Jensen has been able to practice. Wirfs, they feel like he's been in a boot, but they feel like he's progressing nicely. If Tom Brady doesn't have those two guys, then there could be trouble, especially when we talk about Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Leonard, uh, Leonard Floyd, all those guys coming at him in waves uh, from the Rams' defensive front. And the other part of this is you go back this past week, Doc, He got Tom Brady got sacked four times by the Eagles. That's twice as many as the previous three games combined. Think about well, that. So they got to him with those injuries. So I'm just wondering, Tristan Wirth, who, Wirfs is a big, big, big man, 350 pounds, if you have a bum right ankle with a right tackle, how serious can that be? Well, it could definitely be serious. You know, a, a bum ankle is going to be a problem. And we saw the injury. He's a big man who got rolled up on, and then he tried to play the next play, and he couldn't do it. He went down. So it was bad enough where he had to pull himself out of the game. I mean, this may be a problem for Tom Brady. The good thing for Tom Brady is that he's Tom Brady. So, you know. Um, yeah. He, he can he can go against any obstacle that comes his way. But, you know, if you don't have your starting O-lineman, then it's going to be a problem. And I don't know if Fournette's coming back or not. I'm not sure if they mentioned it. I didn't, I didn't hear about it. But I know he didn't play last week. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how he goes. But I think it may, it may be a problem for Tom Brady if he got sacked four times last week. You know, he may be looking at the same thing this week. 
So the reports, as far as Leonard Fournette is concerned, Doc, is that he did practice this week. They had a walkthrough on Friday, but he did practice on Thursday when they actually were out there probably just wearing shells and whatnot. But that hamstring uh, has been a concern. And just to take – Jaguar fans certainly can appreciate this. He had a great 2017. Then he gets the injury to the hamstring in 2018, and he never was 100% the entire season. He tried to go, couldn't go, was down for a while, tried to get back up and go again. And we all know it was just a, it was just a lousy year for him, but he was participating in Thursday's practice and he's on injured reserve or expected to come off of it, but was on injured reserve this whole time. And for what it's worth, if you're talking about the way guys return from hamstring injuries, you're talking about a fit guy that probably has, I don't even know, less than 5% body fat. How can that maybe reduce his ability to come back because he is just so he's just wound so tight with so much muscle in that ham area so yeah so you know uh, hamstring injuries we always talk about that they're they're a pain in the butt and we'll see how Fournette does if he ends up playing but they definitely he can definitely uh, risk re-injuring it but you might want him in the game especially if you're going to have a couple old linemen out you might want your starting running back in there that can block yeah, because Tom Brady, Doc, you'll appreciate this because you got, you know, you got quick hands. Okay. You're an orthopedic surgeon. You can appreciate this. Tom Brady gets the ball out about as fast as anybody in the National Football League. His, from the time the snap to releasing the football is like around 2.7 seconds. Dude does not mess around. He's 44 years old. He does not want to get hit any more than he has to. So he gets that ball out pretty fast. That's, that's pretty quick. Now, let me tie the running back game together for you for one more because we mentioned Cam Akers in the successful comeback, and when he went down during the offseason, they went out and they traded early in the year. I can't remember the exact time, but they traded for Sonny Michelle, brought him over from New England. They got him in the fold, and so lo and behold, Daryl Henderson's the starter. Sonny Michelle's the backup. Daryl Henderson goes down with an injury. Sony steps up, and this is just about the time Akers is coming back. So now Daryl Henderson is scheduled to come back. MCL sprain, Doc. This is somewhere around, say, early to mid-December. He's cleared. They expect him to be back, not necessarily saying that they need him, but talk about the MCL sprain and coming back from that and being effective as a running back. Yeah, you know, metoclidal ligament sprain, it can grade from one to three, depending how bad it is. One being the least, three being the worst. And he's definitely going to be wearing an MCL brace. You see all the offensive linemen wear these big, thick uh, metal braces, and those are for their MCL, as it's been proven that really the only brace in football that actually does provide some protection is the MCL brace for O-linemen. So you can bet that he's going to have one. Um, but, it you know, it depends how quickly he's coming back. He may be 100%. He may be 80%. They're just putting him back in there because it's the playoffs. But definitely having that brace is going to help protect re-aggravating and re-injuring that MCL. You know, one thing that I got to tell you, uh, the, the injury game that's played, it's it, it'll drive fans crazy because they don't know what the truth is is about these injuries and Vegas plays a pays a great deal of attention to what's going on because they want to be able to set the line and not get hammered and everyone's going to be as secretive as they possibly can be about who's going to come back and who's 100% and all that kind of stuff. Do you think well with uh, gambling sports gambling now being more mainstream that the NFL is going to want them to talk more about the injuries or actually be more secretive about the injuries? 
I, I wouldn't doubt if they wanted to be more secretive about it. Now, the, it's been gambling and the NFL in particular. You could really go with any sport, but they've always kind of walked hand in hand without acknowledging each other. Does that make sense? Because uh, yeah. gambling wants to walk right alongside sports, and sports wants them there because that creates interest from the fan, but they never really wanted to let, you know, basically say, hey, we're all in bed together. So they want Vegas to have information. You want to know why, Doc? To keep everybody honest and make sure that someone's not either doing point shaving, throwing games. Believe it or not, the gambling world can be a very good policeman for sports. That's interesting. That's an interesting concept. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I know a lot of people who will watch sports and have no interest in the teams, but just because they have money on the game, they're going to watch it. Yeah. Now, I just said a minute ago that sometimes you can get duped by these injuries. I don't want to open up a fresh wound, but did you get duped by something this week? Because uh, let's just <laughs> let's just put it out there right now, man. Okay? I did. There, I look, actually, and by I, the way, you... you you pay attention to a lot of Hollywood yeah. news. Let's just get it out there as well. I Let's mean, just say TMZ is my homepage, Joe. <laughs> so, and, and I, where I, are we at with Leonardo? Yeah. So I texted I texted Joe this weekend, and it was this breaking news that Leonardo DiCaprio's ex girlfriend mentioned that it was her worst date ever with him, and she stated that he rented out a whole cinema and made her watch every single Star Wars movie while he ran around with his lightsaber <laughs> pretending to fight bad guys. So I sent it to Joe because I thought it was hilarious. Come to find out, it was, was complete BS. I think to myself, all right, I, at first I have to admit, Doc, I have run around with a lightsaber before. I can admit that freely. <laughs> but the other part of it is, is if I'm Leonardo DiCaprio, and I, there's no way I don't have a better jam than that if I'm Leo. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, no one would care too because it's Leonardo DiCaprio. They'd be like, eh, whatever, he can do what he wants. Whatever, he can do what he wants. But it turns out it's not his ex girlfriend. They're still together, and he did not make her watch every Star Wars movie. And speaking of celebrities, though, did you hear about Megan Fox, Joe? I heard that she did she tie the knot. Did she? Is it all official? I don't know if she now? got married or got engaged. One of the two. But what I read which I thought was interesting, was her ring has thorns in it. So when she takes it off, it's going to hurt and cut her finger so she can't take it off. (laughs) Now, that is a smart guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, she married a guy named Machine Gun Kelly, so I expect no less on that ring. (laughs) That is a good point. That's a very good point. Because, you know, if you send her out, she could go to public, CVS, or wherever. There's a chance she may never come back because she's one of the strong (laughs) ones, Doc. Now, did you have a list? Did you have a list that you kept back in the day of celebrities? Because I'm just going to tell you right now, Megan Fox, there was a time when she was at the tip top of the list. Megan Fox is a a good-looking lady. She's still a good-looking lady. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she just kind of <laughs> slipped out of the uh, the Hollywood world on us, and she didn't do as as, as much. Uh, but you go back to the Transformer days with her and and LaBeouf. Oh my gosh, uh, she was uh, she was one of the yeah yeah. I'd put her up there. I'd put who else would I put up there? I uh, I Jennifer Aniston, very strong. I might put uh, all right. You give me one. Give, give me one more that you would put up there. In your oh top man, five. we don't Joe, have to give one. Listen, wives aren't listening right now. Wives aren't listening. I don't know. I think uh, Jennifer Lopez is a strong one. 
Yeah, J-Lo's pretty good. J-Lo has, uh, has kept it going for a while now, that's for sure. She is a legend. All right, now let's get to a couple of other injuries, and I want to at least bring up uh, a couple of basketball injuries. By the way, if you have a question for Doc, we always love those, 641-1010. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Just throw them at us. If we don't get it this week, we always try and get to it the following week uh, because you know that way you can at least have a chance to hear what Doc's thinking as far as your injuries are concerned. Now. We mentioned Tristan Wirfs, sprained right ankle, Leonard Fournette with the hamstring, MCL sprain for Daryl Henderson coming back. Uh, the other game, believe it or not, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills fairly injury-free, which I'm a little surprised by this late in the year. But it's safe to say, Doc, in a cold-weather game, you're out there, you've been able to avoid the injury bug for the most part. Uh, you get in some of these situations, you don't warm up well, Things can we've heard freak injuries have happen before games even start where guys are scheduled to play and then something happens. And that's is that simply because of stretching and, and having that kind of pregame routine? Well, cold weather games are really tough on the body. You, you know, everything's contracted, your blood flow is not flowing like normal. So that's why you have a long warm up sessions, you have a lot of stretching sessions. You're trying to get your body warmed up. You see these NFL guys that sit in these huge big jackets that kind of swallow them alive when they're on the sideline. You're trying to keep that body warm, keep that blood flow warm so it's moving, the viscosity is low and it's going. So definitely in these cold weather games, you have a much higher chance of injury. And I always feel bad for these kickers, right? These kickers they sit on the sideline and then they have this ball that's coming that they have to kick and it's like probably feels like a you know a frozen rock that they have to kick it on their foot. But yeah, overall, these cold weather games definitely have to be careful. Definitely have to keep your body warm and uh, just, you know, do your best to try to prevent any of these injuries that, that are going to extrapolate in the cold weather. Two guys on the injured reserve along the line, defense and offensive guys with Achilles injuries, so they got hit with that as well. But then also, Ilianku, their nose tackle, he's out for this game, and it's COVID-related. And so when you think about that, a big man in cold weather trying to bounce back, we've seen a lot of guys come back, say, two weeks once they go through their COVID protocols and all that kind of stuff. They're kind of either de- dehydrated, depleted as far as energy goes, it's not an easy trip back, is it? Yeah, you know, COVID hits, and, and we've we've heard this now, we've been those two years, COVID hits everyone differently. Some people have no symptoms, some have a small cold, and some people get very fatigued. So if you're one of those people that get very fatigued, almost like, like a flu-like symptom, then you're not going to come back just, you know, like nothing happened. You're going to be tired, you're going to be exhausted, you're going to need a lot of fluids, so it, it definitely can hit you, can hit people very differently. And we've seen players come back very differently with COVID. I'm sure we've all known somebody who had COVID and they act like nothing happened and someone who had COVID and it kind of, you know, kept them in the house for a couple of days. So it all depends on how their body, uh, excuse me, how the COVID has affected their body. And if it's obviously the worst they're affected, the harder it is for them to come back at 100% at that game at the next game that they have and they're going to need a lot of fluid and support on the sideline to kind of be able to, to maintain that, that level of play that they need. All right. I want to throw a couple of NBAs at you coming up here in just a second, but let's at least finish up on the football side with Baker Mayfield who had successful surgery. I always, I always kind of at least chuckle just a little bit. I, I can't wait for the bottom line uh, on ESPN to actually run the headline 
Baker Mayfield had an unsuccessful surgery. They have yet to say that. Uh, it's always a successful one, which I know you like. But right. uh, he had successful surgery on the right shoulder, and this was labrum, torn labrum. So take us through that because we're talking about several yeah. months of rehab to get yeah. back to where he can where he can throw. You're looking at you're looking at six weeks in a sling, three months before this thing even heals down, and five to six months to play. So. Now, that doesn't mean at five to six months he's going to start throwing. He'll start throwing before that, probably at the three-month mark. He'll start doing some some small throws. But he needs five to six months before he can go out and get hit at normal speed and throw it, <clears throat> throw at normal speed. But, yeah, I mean, it takes 12 weeks just for this labrum to heal. We talk about labrum is, is the lip around the socket for the ball and socket joint. And when he dislocated his shoulder um, or subbucks the shoulder. I forget which one he had, but it tore that labrum because that labrum is what protects that shoulder from popping out of place. And we, we talked about it on mm-hmm. the previous shows. He wore that big brace on the shoulder so he can prevent that arm from popping yeah. out again. And so at this time, you know, it was time for him to fix it. Season's over. It's time for him to get it fixed. And now uh, he's just kind of rehab it and come back in five to six months. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a long road back without knowing what that contract's going to look like going forward. They got the fifth year, fifth year option on him, but they also know that they want to get a long term deal done. He's going to have to play the waiting game when it comes to that. That's for sure. And dislocated shoulder with a pretty serious result from it, uh, did not make him look necessarily that good, uh, at the, at the finish line. All right. Um, NBA. Let's do a little NBA before we are done. And Paul George of the LA Clippers. They were trying to see how quickly they could get him back. And, you know, we're right now in January. Everyone's trying, trying to take a look at the playoff picture. Clippers are doing okay. My Lakers suck. Hard to say that before 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, but they suck right now. So let's get to Paul George with a torn UCL in his right shooting elbow, yet they still think there's a chance they can get him back, Doc. When did he hurt himself? We're talking late November. I'm pretty sure. Does that yeah, sound I mean, right? UCL's a, I don't. I don't remember when you heard himself, but UCL is your ulnar collateral ligament. It's very well known in baseball as the Tommy John ligament. That's what that is. It's the inside of the elbow. So here, let's say you heard in November, like in December, January, eight weeks. I mean, he hasn't had surgery, so I'm sure he's had a PRP shot. I, I can probably guarantee that. And I mean, at least three months. He has to wait at least three months before he can go out and play. If it if it really was a, a, a big enough tear, and it seems like it was, um, how well he's right. going to do is really anyone's guess. I mean, the UCL is such a hard it's it's so hard to to just kind of you know crystal ball it because we get some guys who have a small partial tear, they do rehab, they do PRP, <clears throat> they feel fine, they go out and play, and, and then it just fails on them and it hurts, and they can't, and they end up needing surgery. So hopefully, for yeah, him, that's it, what I was trying like to that. figure out. Yeah, what I was trying to figure out is just that it it they made it sound like he was going to be able to come back in a shorter period of time. So I guess we'll we'll ultimately learn soon enough whether he's going to be shut down or not. But that's UCL. You can't you can't mess around with that. That's that's serious. Yeah, long term. I mean, lucky serious. for him. Right. I mean, lucky for him. He's not throwing a baseball ninety miles an hour where that UCL is going to fail on him. But he still is going to need it, right? In basketball, someone's going to hit your arm. You need that stability in any and in, in life. And even more so when you're playing a professional sport. So it's it's interesting to see how he does, and if he does not require surgery in the future. 
You know what I love about you, Doc? I can take a word that you say and I could segue it into something else because everyone wants okay. to be a little more secure in their future. That's why you and I have moved uh-huh. into the NFT world. That's why you and I are, well, we're trying to get rich and uh, and we haven't been successful at this yet. But the story that you're going to tell us doesn't necessarily mean we're willing to do this to get rich, but this is what others <laughs> are doing. Yeah, well, you know, you and I always talk about crypto. So I saw this headline and I had to send it to you because I'm like, this is insane. This lady took a thousand pictures of her in skimpy clothing, which is not uncommon nowadays. But anyway, she made them into an NFT, whatever that means she made it into an NFT. I don't know. She has pictures. I don't know how you make it into an NFT, but she then sold them as NFTs. And she made $26 million. Or sorry, I don't know why I said $26 million. $3 million. Sorry. I don't know where that came from. She made $3 million. $3 million, Three million over pictures of like in like a bathing suit or whatever it is that she's wearing. It's described as $3 million from desperate bidders. I don't know quite how uh, we all fell into that pile of desperate bidders, uh, but uh, this really does, it does scream uh, that people are trying to figure out this NFT world because I'm thinking NFT, honestly, and and for folks who don't know, it's non-fungible token. And I thought I had a fungible toe and I went to the doctor for it, but this is a (laughs) non-fungible token. And apparently you buy something in the digital space and it can be valued over time and increase in value over time. It's very tough to figure out. Yeah. It's like this whole new thing. I mean, I don't understand it. Maybe I'm too old. I I like to think I know something about the crypto market, but NFTs, I have no idea. I don't understand it. You know, I read that you don't even own it. So whenever you buy NFT, it's you don't even own it technically. It's like on whatever server that it's on. If that server goes down, you lose it. So I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's a fad. I think NFTs have their place for a lot of things. What what I was reading about, like a lot of business transactions. But I think these pictures that people are selling NFT pictures and stuff. I think that's all a fad. It's going to go away. All right. Well, we're going to have to go away right now, Doc. Uh, we got them started though on a Sunday morning. We always appreciate everybody listening. You can check out bariorthopedics.com. They can find you on Instagram, right? That's right. At Doctor George Bari. Make sure you log on and check him out. You got any questions, breakingboneshow at gmail.com. I'll see you on the radio noon on Monday. And Doc, we'll see you at Bari Orthopedics. Uh, say goodbye, Doc. We had a great, great day. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C on 1010XL.